I like stopped wrestling after like COVID. Mm. Like COVID like yeah took the love away from wrestling because yeah. it was just so strict, so many rules. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really stick with it after sophomore year or like after COVID. Okay. I didn't really have much of a, like a high school career. So yeah. like I started freshman year, first match, got a concussion, was out for a little bit. Um, then my first match back from the concussion, I broke my tailbone, so I was out from that. Oh, it was hard recovery. It's okay. And then like sophomore year, I had a decent like season, and then COVID hit. Yeah. It just, just took a turn for the worst. That sounds cool. Another episode of Adversity Kings. We have a special guest, Zaid Awawi. What up? And this is a legitimate AK episode. Not to, not to, I guess. You're sick. <laughs> so, I'm sick. Yeah. Everybody's sick. It's a whole lot of full-on adversity episode. We've been sitting here for an hour and a half going over stuff that just feels stupid. So that's irritating. But not to take away from the celebration of 27,000 in a month, getting you an episode for yourself prior to even going MGA, kind of just diving through your whole story. But before we go through all of your accolades and everything you've accomplished in this past month, let's talk about you. Where were you born and raised? So I was born and raised right here in Illinois. Grew up in Homer Glen. It's a small little town. Yeah. Nothing too special going on in Homer Glen. Um, everybody knows each other in Homer Glen. Um, and while we're angry, shout out Justin Maska for getting us sick. Yeah. Give That's us someone I'd be Give us the space aids. Can I say that? No, space aids? I don't know. Alright. Well, I said it. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Justin Maska. Just a mask of ruin our day. Yeah. <laughs> what part of Illinois are you born in? Grew up in Homer Glen. Um, started wrestling about fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. Um, for what about your parents? How'd they meet before you jump into your whole personal so story? My parents met. So both of my parents are from Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, they met from a close friend at a baby shower. Yeah. My dad always tells me the story of how I saw my mom across the room. I was like, damn, who's that? Uh, and then they just started talking, yeah. I guess. And I think they, like, talking for a year or two until he engaged. In America? Um, no, they were, they got married in Jordan. Yeah. So both of my parents are from Jerusalem. My grandma lives in Jordan, and they got married in Jordan. Mm. And then they both came here. Have yeah. you ever gone back and visited? Yeah, I visited... Jordan and Palestine about, I want to say 10 years ago. Yeah. It's been a while. Uh, both my parents still go out there. My dad, I think it was there last year. My yeah. mom's going this summer. Yeah. So, but I haven't been in a while. Mm. So, <clears throat> they meet, they get over here. Well, what's their stories like? What all they share with you? So, I lived in a pretty traditional household. Like, my mom stayed home, mm. cleaned, cooked, took care of the kids. Um, my dad went out and worked. He owned multiple businesses. Um, biggest one that I know is like he owned Perfume World. Mm. It was just like a huge store and mall. Yeah. I think he had like two or three locations of Perfume World. My dad's done everything. Yeah. He had that. Um, had a dealership. Had like a real estate brokerage. Yeah. 
when like market crashed, all that went down. But um, yeah, I looked up to my dad. He busted his ass. Yeah, my whole life. Saw him working. Mom took care of the kids. Yeah. So that's kind of how I grew up, household-wise. And then <clears throat> I guess as they connect, they get married. That was all in Jerusalem. When did you come into the picture? When were you con conceived, produced, so, I think my parents were together for, I probably should know this, like three, four years okay. before I came. Um, I was... Are you the oldest? No, so I'm the, technically the middle child. So I have an older brother. Um, he was born, my parents were in Homer Glen the whole time. Uh, they lived in like Payless, I believe, in like an apartment. And then I was born, we stayed in the apartment for like a year maybe. And then my dad like remodeled the house in Homer Glen. Yeah. So then, yeah, there's four of us. So there's my older brother. He's 24 now. Um, what's 20. he do? He just graduated college. Yeah, what's, what's he He's what's a he doing? finance major at Illinois State University. Okay. He played lacrosse there. Okay. Yeah, he did insurance for a little bit. Yeah? For Northwestern Mutual. Oh, wow, that's hard. And he didn't like it. No. They made him sell his whole family. Yeah, that's hard. That's why I couldn't sell anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. So yeah. then after him, there's you? Yeah, then there's me, 20 years old. And then we have my little brother, he's 17. Yeah. He just graduated high school. Wrestling to college? Yeah, so he just committed to North Central. He's wrestling there. Yeah. He wants to be a dentist, so he's going to pre-dental. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm the odd one out. Yeah. I didn't go to college. And who's the youngest? So um, we have a seven-year-old sister. Yeah. Yeah. She was not planned. Yeah. She's a blessing. Yeah. So... Who's the favorite? Probably the sister. Yeah. I, I probably was the favorite until yeah. I didn't go to college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she's definitely the favorite. So what was growing up for, for you like from your perspective? Um, growing up was fine. Uh, we didn't like have everything in the world, but we couldn't, couldn't complain. Like, yeah. We got everything we needed. Um, I lived a pretty simple life. Yeah. What stood out to you growing up? What kind of shaped you and made you who you are today? I think wrestling definitely yeah. shaped me into who I am today. Um, like I grew up, my older brother was doing sports. I always tried to follow in his footsteps. Yeah. Um, he did lacrosse. He wrestled for a little bit. He's the one who actually got me into wrestling. Yeah. So he wrestled. Started in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. I was in. When? I think he was in like seventh grade, and I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And I would just go to his practices after school. Yeah. Like, I was not even, like, old enough to be in that group. Yeah. But I would just leave school and go practice with them. And I'd wrestle the smallest kid on the team, a 65-pounder. Yeah. And that kind of, just wrestling, just teach me a lot of discipline, hard work, kind of, like, patience. Because yeah. it, takes, it takes a lot of patience. To yeah, but what's, like, some of the most traumatizing things you went through as a kid that kind of made you who you are? You know what I mean? Not the boring shit about the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Traumatizing. Yeah, traumatizing, exciting things. What what stood out to you? It's like two, three things you go back to, and it's like that's where my life changed. What 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 was like a breakup or something happened in your childhood that kind of you know made you a unique individual from your perspective? Uh, I would say like something that like kind of changed me as a person is when my dad like started to lose some of his businesses. Yeah, and that like took a turn on everything because like. Income was pretty decent, then it just took a drop, and then it was just like a whole restart. Yeah. So it kind of took a little bit to for my dad to get back on his feet, start making pretty decent money again. Mm -hmm. 
So that kind of like changed me as a person. But I wouldn't say there's anything like too major that happened in my life yeah. to where it like just like really really changed me. That's probably the only thing I could think of as of now, just like having to restart. Where where'd you get the country music from? The country music, like my like for my love for country music. Um, so one of my buddies growing up, his name was Nolan. His parents would always play country in the house, and I hated country music. I hated it. Yeah. Um, they would always play country music in the house or like by the pool when we were swimming at their house. And I just started to like it like a little bit. And then I worked at a, anybody from Horror Blend who's watching this, there's a place called Big R. It's a little country store. Yeah. So I, that was my first like actual job. Mm. Um, and they play country music all day. Mm -hmm. So then I just started to like some of the songs. What did you do there? Um, you name it. I started off as a cashier. Yeah. Then I went to like feed, so I'd like help load feed. Yeah. For like farms. Yeah, yeah. And I worked in the steel department fixing like chainsaws and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What was your senior year of high school like? That wasn't too long ago. The senior year of high school? Um, senior year of high school was kind of weird because we were just getting back from like COVID. Yeah, that's so weird for you, huh? Yeah, so like it was. I was your age when COVID hit. Yeah. 19, 20. Mm -hmm. So. It was, I don't know, it was really weird because like the desks were like six feet apart. Yeah. They were super strict on masks. No prom. Um, we actually did have a prom. It was outdoor prom at like a farm by our house. And I didn't actually go to my senior year prom. Yeah, I didn't go to anything after like seventh grade. Uh, I didn't like want to go. I, I, I wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to? Nothing. Why not? Beating people up, biting kids. Oh, the shit. school wouldn't allow Yeah. To. I actually got in a fight in seventh grade on yeah. the school bus. Well, I started fighting in third grade. Yeah, I can't say that's it. That was my first ever fight. I got I got suspended from school. I ripped a kid's throat out. <laughs> <laughs> he took one of my gushers. You took one of your gushers at lunch? No. <laughs> no. No, but uh, yeah, no, I was kicked out of everything. So, um, Senior prom in the field, everything's spaced out. You're graduating high school. What was graduation like? Graduation was so hot. Like, it was so hot outside. Yeah. Me and Brandon actually walked out together. Oh, for real? He was on crutches. Oh, he messed his knee up? Yeah, he messed his knee up. We actually, like, walked out together, which was fun. Did you guys both wrestle senior year together? Um, no, he didn't wrestle senior year. I, like, stopped wrestling after, like, COVID. Mm. Like, COVID, like, yeah. took the love away from wrestling because yeah. it was just so strict, so many rules. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really stick with it after sophomore year, or, like, after COVID. Okay. I didn't really have much of, a, like, a high school career. Yeah. So, like, I started freshman year, first match, got a concussion. Was out for a little bit. Um, then my first match back from the concussion... I broke my tailbone, so I was out from that. Oh, it was hard recovery. And then, like, sophomore year, I had a decent, like, season, and then COVID hit. Yeah. It just, just took a turn for the worst. That sounds horrible. So, you're graduating high school. Now, what about you and Brandon? When did your friendship start with Brandon? So, me and Brandon met around fifth or sixth grade, like, at wrestling. No, seventh grade. Yeah. Uh, we met in seventh grade because I think that's when he started wrestling. Uh, we met at Homer Junior High. That's where we both started our wrestling career. Um, I always thought of Brandon as a weird kid. Yeah. Like, I never really, like, talked to him. Yeah. Um, 
I'll, yeah. I'll never forget that Jello snaps will show me sometimes. Jello <laughs> snaps. <laughs> yeah, no one's allowed to talk about it or. Yeah, nobody's allowed to bring that up. But that, that thing's hilarious. <laughs> um, but like, I think after the season, I like invited him to my birthday party at my house. Uh, and then he invited me over to his house. It's actually a funny story. That's like the first time we actually hung out. He took me to his house, and he lives on a he lived on a pond. Yeah. And I was big into fishing. Brandon didn't even like fishing, but he's like, yeah, you can come over and fish in my pond. So I would just like go hang out with him. He'd just sit there and I'd fish. Yeah. Um, and then that was the first time I've ever been to his house. He pushed me in the lake, in, like the pond. And he was like, yeah, you're not allowed in my house. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was like the first time we actually. This sounds like a horrible experience. Yeah. That was the first time we ever like. He pushed you in the pond out. and then said you can't come in? Mm-hmm. He was like, you're not allowed in my house. You're like, you got pond water all over you. Oh my god. <laughs> that was the first time like I went to his house. Um and then we didn't like we were like cool. We never like hung out, but we like talked here and there. Uh, we always knew each other because wrestling. And then like high school, like around when COVID started, that's when like we got like super close again. Yeah. And then that's just it. Remember when you pushed me in the pond? You let me in your I don't house? think we ever like talked about that. That just made me want to hang out with you <laughs> so much more. Yeah, but around COVID, nobody knew what to do, and then we all just started hanging out because he had his little friend group, and then, like, I knew all of them. Yeah. I was pretty cool with all of them, but then we just started all, like, hanging out, doing fun stuff together, vacations. Yeah. And it's just been around brand since COVID. Yeah, dope. Glad you're here. So you're graduating high school. What was that graduation process then like? Um, barely graduated high school. Barely graduate. Yeah. I was not good at school at all. Like my best grade for some odd reason was chemistry. Mm. Like, I didn't even, it was an A plus in chemistry. I didn't even have an A in like gym. Yeah. But barely graduated high school. I was not a very big fan of school. I always liked working. Yeah. I always liked using my hands. Um, so barely did that. Graduated and then went straight into the union. Okay. Right after that. How'd you get into the union? So, I also had to convince my parents to let me go in the union. Yeah. Because they were, like, very strict on school. Um, one of my buddies, so I wanted to be an electrician because I had someone in my family who was in the union. Um, and one of my buddies, Evan, he's one of mine and branch friend, Evan. His, like, very close family friend knew the business manager. Yeah. Uh, IBW 134 out of Chicago, the electrical union, and that's like above the president. And like they were talking about getting me in, and they had me do like a couple training things, became a trainee, um, and then I got in the union like that. But I it took me a while to get in because they, like, IBW, I'm not sure if, do we even work with them? Yeah, we have before. It's a huge union. Yeah. So it's like very hard to get into. Yeah, we have before. So there would be like, three four thousand kids taking the test and they'd only take 10 in that's insane yeah so it's a very so hard we were sitting here for an hour and a half going over cables trying to wire this shit you knew how to do it the whole time well i didn't even do any electrical work like i was in there for nine months and all i did was carry shit like you i sat here for an hour and a half you were an electrical working president <laughs> i did all the i did all the like jobs nobody wanted to run around here playing around with these cables you know how to do it the whole time. i had to carry pipe the whole time <laughs> I was carrying pipe and bending pipe. I've never wired right. something in my life. So you're playing with pipe and taking pipe. Keep <laughs> <laughs> um, So I did that for a little bit, and then I just realized, like when I was 
in working in the shop, this is like eight, nine months in, working in the shop, I realized that like, these people like hate their lives. Like, nobody's happy. Like, they all wake up at oh yeah they four a.m. Horrible. Yeah, they drive an hour to work and they're doing the same shit every single day. The only the only bonding moments a typical nine to five or W two or a union worker will will have is when they're when they're in the midst of their shift just complaining about how horrible their lives are. Yeah. Because of the work they're doing. I remember uh-huh. working at UPS in high school and. Just the, they were called E-Reg guys, so I worked on the uh, loading side, you know what I mean? I was, loaded the trailers, anything like that. There's the, uh, I think it's the unpack, well I forget what it's called, unload and then obviously load. And these loading guys, instead of like, you work your way up, you get bid on jobs and you can pretty much just work on the, the bigger objects for the packages for UPS. And they literally just walk like cockeyed, you know what I mean? Like waddled from years of I don't, I don't know, just from the bending over and yeah. injuring their spines and mm-hmm. working, I don't know, just not probably very smart and just abusing their bodies. And they would just spend all day just chewing and spitting and complaining about, oh, God, I hate this place. You take advantage of me. I hate this place. I hate this. I hate, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this looks horrible. Yeah. And it like scares people away. Like, yeah. There's like new people on the job site. Like imagine here we bring someone in and like you just hear someone talking to And Dave just waddling around. Yeah. Oh my god, I, I fucking hate, this, hate place. this place. Yeah. So that's kinda how it was there. It was just like very negative atmosphere that I did not want to be around. Cause it's just old guys talking about how they hate their lives. They don't want to go back home to the same wife. Like they're just Alcoholics, like I, I just didn't want. Well, I gotta get back off this ship. Go see Deborah tonight. Yeah, so I just didn't want to turn into that. Probably gonna jump off the Trump Tower. <laughs> um, it also like kind of blew my mind how I'm probably working the hardest on the at the shop because I'm like the new guy yeah, yeah. and I'm getting paid the least. Yeah. The people that have been there are getting paid so yeah, much man. to just like hang out. Yeah, that's what's weird about it. That's that's what's not good about a union is because. You've got like this socialistic mindset of everybody gets a fair wage and a fair opportunity. And then when you lump everybody's efforts and attitudes into one body and then you compensate them for that, completely destroys a business. Yeah. Completely destroys internally, externally, because you'll have those guys that will stay a significant amount of time, abuse the union rights get paid double what you'll make, you know what I mean? You'll work twice as hard yeah. with twice as good of an attitude. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely a horrible business model yeah. to have that union plugged into. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to be in the atmosphere anymore. I didn't want to be depressed, an alcoholic, and like be capped on income. Mm-hmm. So I like had to talk to my parents about leaving, and they're like, but it like took a long time to get in. Like, why would you yeah. leave? I mean, I did, I actually like enjoyed it. Yeah, like a little bit. Like I, I know I'm kind of shitting on it. Like I, yeah. Enjoy it. No, no. We we need the unions. We love. Yes. Yeah. Our whole business is it's built a around hard unions. job. Yeah. Very hard job. We're a union. Mm-hmm. So I respect anybody that's you, like. Some unions work. Yeah. It's just like some some groups work and some don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some some people some things work some don't. Yeah. So like, IBW one thirty four. I don't think anybody's watching, but they they treated me really well. I just didn't want to be capped on income. Uh, I didn't want not yeah. be able to walk by the time I'm 40 years old. Yeah, yeah. Lifting heavy stuff. So I, I, I left the union. Um, 
And then my parents were like, all right, the only thing left is college. Yeah. You're left with college. That's We're done trying things. Yeah. You're going to school. I'm like, all right, well, I don't like school. Yeah. And then they were like, all right, just you're going to school, you're getting a degree. It yeah. doesn't matter what degree you get, like you're getting a degree. Yeah. Because they think that like in our country. Yeah, America, degree is the solution to everything. Yeah. That's what they think. I don't agree with that. Yeah. I've seen people build businesses. Yeah. Have multi-million dollars. Well, you don't have a degree, and what'd you just make this past month? I made almost 20 bands this month. Yeah, I almost made 20 20 years old. No college. 20 years old, almost made 20 grand. No degree. You were playing with Pipe a little bit ago. So it's like, you've come a long way. You know what I mean? And shout out love and admiration to your parents. I've met your father. Absolutely an amazing man. But I imagine you probably made a little more than than both your parents this past month. And you're not going to always have, you know, phenomenal months. But your trajectory... 20 grand is going to be a low-income month for you years down the road. Yep. With no degree. That's the plan. So, you're enrolling into school. Yep. Did you have to drop out, or did you actually enroll before you found this? So, I I actually enrolled into school. Like, I wasn't in school, but I, like, signed up for school, picked out my classes. Yeah. It was, like, fast-forwarding towards the summer. Um I'm going to talk about, a little bit about Brandon coming here. Yeah. So, one of our friends, Ryan, got a DM from Justin. Yeah. Started, Satcha. Yeah. Started here. And that was, like, at the time where, like, our groups were all, like, hanging out, doing yeah. everything together. Um, and he just, like, came here and was like, dude, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. He tried bringing our whole friend group in. Yeah. He got pretty much, like... He got a good bit in. Yeah, he got a decent amount You in. two are the only ones that survived. Uh-huh. So, I was hanging out with them when they were all doing the course and all that. I was like, you guys are lame. I was yeah. like, what the fuck are you guys doing with your life? Like, you guys are getting scammed. Like, yeah. Like, that's what was running through my head. Um, and then Brandon came here. Like, they convinced Brandon to do this. And Brandon started trying to, like, talk to me about it. And I was like, no, bro, like, I figured out what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to school for architecture. Yeah. Like, everything I picked architecture. I was like, I'm going to go to school, become an architect. Um... Like, no, thank you. Yeah. And then we had, like, a couple grad parties for some of our friends. And Brandon and, like, Ryan and all of them would be there. And they would only talk about life insurance and yeah. work. I'm like, bro, like, get a life. Come on, we're at a grad party. <laughs> like, we're at a grad party. Like, have a little bit of fun. Um, and then Ryan left. Brandon stuck it out. And then Brandon had, what, 10Ks second month? Yeah. Yeah, he dropped 10Ks second month. Made, like, 5,000. Um, and he was, like, telling me that. A week before school started, because he knows I don't like school. He was like, yeah. he was like, trust me, I'll get you in here. I'm like, all right, we'll see, you, dude. Um, so he made like five thousand, which is like, you know, a decent amount of money. Decent. I was any college kids making five grand. Yeah, no college kids are making five grand, but like from coming like union job where I was making like a decent amount of yeah, money. Yeah, 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 true. I was like, I was like five thousand, like that's pretty good, but like, I mean, I was making that in the union. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't really the money that like got me to start working here. Um, Brandon kind of got me in here just because, like, he gave me the idea of, like, starting your own business. Yeah. Like, no capped income. Hardest work in the room gets the most amount of money. Culture, self-growth. Yeah. I want to, like, give you a lot of credit for the culture that you have created because it's, like, a family here. Yeah. When I first started, I was here for a week, and I, like, thought I knew everybody my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does feel weird. It does feel weird. It's crazy sometimes. Yeah, it's like very diverse. Everybody gets along. Yeah. 
We all mess with each other. We all yeah, have like big time. competition. Yeah. So you get in, you drop out. What's the what's the first couple months like? The first couple of months, um, they're a little weird because you're learning a whole new skill set. And um, I would say definitely like a lot of work. Me and Brian would stay after work every day, uh, script train, yeah. videotape ourselves. I think that's kind of what like helped me get a jump start. Um, and I wasn't like, I just tried learning how to sell when I first started. Mm. And I'm like not the best salesman now. Yeah. Even though I just sold 27,000, I feel like I use my people like skills yes. to sell that. Because I'm, yeah, I'm not very good at like sales. Yeah. I'm not the best salesman, but I someone told me to use my like people talking skills yeah. to an advantage. Probably Dave. Yeah, it probably was Dave. Like just talk to people. Yeah. And that's what I started doing. It's been paying off. But my first couple of months, um, I didn't really make much money. Yeah. I know some people like get it quick, they start yeah. making a lot of money quick. That wasn't the case for me. I didn't start really making money till like six months in. That's same time as me, six months in. When I started to get a little consistent mm -hmm. um, with selling, but mm. I keep like jumping back and forth. The first couple of months, it was just like a whole learning curve. Yeah. Just been a sponge, try yeah. to soak everything in. Yeah. Um, I heard like, everybody was like actually helping me. Yeah. Like Justin Zaleski, Rob, Kanan, Brandon, everybody was helping me. Um, but yeah, it just, just took a lot of work. So, how long have you been here now? Nine months? Yeah, so 23rd, I had nine months. 23rd, you had nine months. So last last month was nine months for you. Yeah. So for your ninth month, it's how long it takes to have a baby, right? Nine mm -hmm. months. So you had a baby last month, $27,000 sales baby. Yep. And you made almost 20 grand, got inducted into our AK club, which is 25,000 net a month. Then you got the Jordans. You got the, the ALP belt, you were the top producer, 27,000. And then you got the, the Jordans, the Jordan Club is 23,000 net. So those are really close. So the Jordan Club is unique. We really just established this a month or so ago. And I'm just kind of theming everything with, with us running our franchise out here in Chicago around Jordan. We have our Jordan Day Club, which is 2,300 a day, a Jordan Week, which is like a perfect week. You know what I mean? So you get 20 presentations, you get 6K in, you get a higher. And then you obviously have your Jordan month, which is 23,000, and then no one's done it. It's the Jordan year, and that's 230,000 of personal production or leadership, 2.3 million in leadership. And so just really cool things we've got put together. It's awesome to see what all, what all was behind the scenes, like what went into it on a very simple level for you to do what, you, if you were to do what you did last month and you're gonna do it again this month or the month after, what are you gonna do? Like if you were to break it down for somebody, they just had to take it two or three sentences. Well, how, what did you do that got you the success you just had? So what did I do? So what I did was just sit my ass down and focus. Yeah. So and that's probably it. You can probably leave everybody with that. Yeah, that's literally it. I just sat down and focused on what I was doing. Yeah. How many people do you think miss out on, on really making this opportunity work because they just can't figure out how to sit down and focus? I would say a lot of people. A lot. Yeah. I love the culture that we have, but it's very easily to get distracted. Yeah. It's like the people that can like sit there and have all that going on in the background. All of our top income earners that are consistent top income earners like yourself, the biggest attribute that you have is your level of focus. When you turn it on and you don't turn it off, you can't be beaten. Mm -hmm. Every single one of you. You guys put yourself in a position 
where nobody can beat you guys. That's that's the advantage that you bring to the table as a top as a top income earner, as a top performer. When you can sit down and focus, game changer. That's one of the game changing characteristics of a successful individual. Is show me your level of focus. I'll show you your future. That's a huge thing. It's fire. Huge thing. So. Focus. Is there anything else? Referrals. You did a lot of. If we were to get a little more technical, you did a lot of referral yeah, so business. Eighteen thousand in referrals. Yeah. So over half your business was referral business, and this isn't friends and family, guys. This is referrals generated from the resources that you're provided. So, I think what would you say is the biggest thing that helps you get referral sales? Rapport. Rapport. And so like, just caring about people. Yeah. Literally just caring about people because I a lot of people come off as like salesy. Yeah. Like when we're calling a policyholder, I'm like. You know, people forget over the years what they yeah. have. So it's like I'm actually refreshing them. Like I'm, I want to be able to service them. Actually adding value, taking care of them, slowing down and doing what's right for them. And I took that from Dave. Yeah. Like just educate them on what they have. Like actually service them and then build a lot of rapport. Like I was building a lot of friendships this month. Yes. That's what I want to call them. Yes. Friendships. Now, with referrals as well, other than rapport, what else do you have to do to get a referral sale? Just a very simple answer. Nothing complex. How to collect it or how to get a referral? For you to make a referral sale, you have to first collect, it. collect them. And then you gotta roll them, mm -hmm. right? And rolling them, guys, is you've got to call the referral. And, and what would you say is the easiest way for people to collect and roll referrals. Very simple, just keep it real simple. Leave it on the bottom shelf for everybody. Um, I would say like the easiest way to roll them is make sure that the person that referred them reaches out to them. Yes. Let's them know that they're gonna, like exactly what the call's about. Yes. Because everybody, every referral that I called knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. They were buying life insurance. Hey, look, you're reaching out. We just set up our life insurance. He's gonna be mm -hmm. reaching out, going over some options with you. If it makes sense, it makes yeah. sense. Just hear them out. Exactly. Or I would, uh, have them put me in a group chat with everybody. Group chats, group calls. And they just like, they'll be like, hey, send me a message that I could copy and paste in the But to, to get referrals other than build rapport, the easiest way to get referrals that people don't do is ask. Is ask. Uh -huh. So what motivated you to ask? So I didn't get off a single phone call where I didn't ask for a referral. Because I just wanted to... Wait, what was the question again? Why did you ask? Why a lot of people ask? don't ask for referrals just like they don't focus. So what's making you ask for referrals? What's making you call the referrals? What's making you focus? You know what I mean? Like what's motivating you to actually be coachable on these minor details that people will shortcut and only take halfway? Mm -hmm. I collect the referrals just because you can turn one lead into five leads. It's five yeah. different phone numbers yet that you have an opportunity to like, yeah. help but, but why? Why are you doing this? Why don't just do like what, what all the average people do? Because I don't want to be average. So you don't want to be I want to be greater than everybody else. You want to be better than everybody else. So you're competitive. You want to win. Yep. Would you say that's a very big piece of your why? Mm -hmm. It's very competitive. You want to be number one? Yeah. Nobody so else that, has that belt. And so, yeah. So the, And that Where's pushes you, you then. So I, I'd say if you're listening to this and you're relatable, it's like Simon told me this day one. He said, pull me aside and he said it a few times but he only had to tell me a few times in the very beginning he said Tristan if you just focus on winning I think he knew I was kind of dumb he said if you, if you just focus on winning winning will take care of everything take care of your mother take care of your sister take care of your future 
everything you want will be taken care of. You just focus on putting your name at the top of that spreadsheet mm -hmm. every single week. And it started from the production level. That's all I focused on. I was like, this dude's in a Bentley, massive house, successful relationship. That's all I need. That's all I needed to see in a man I had never seen in my entire childhood. It's all three of those things, all three of those components that I admired and desired. I said, yep, don't even know this guy from Adam. I don't know Simon. You know what yeah. I mean? I was recruited. I, I wasn't even recruited into life insurance. I was uploading my high school diploma. So went to job sites, yeah. got an automated email, called the company, asked if I would come in for an interview, spoke to Gemini Ryan, took me for a ride to Maserati, but after four months of four or five months of working, I got to meet Simon. Slow results, just a hard work ethic. And they told me, just focus on winning. Winning will take care of everything. And so I've not been the best when it comes to coaching the science, the numbers, the analytics of life insurance, the ins and outs of you know, the, the financial markets, the economy, when people ask for way more educated individuals than, than you and I when it comes to the different series and the uh, financial certificates and things like that that you, but one thing that you and I have is we're competitive. Mm -hmm. And you can take somebody like a Sam Walton who's extremely competitive or a very simple, simple multi-millionaire, billionaire that's just competitive in discipline, take over the world, right? So that's one thing, if you're listening, this is a component you can use when you hear Zaid's story. Like, you're competitive, get into an industry, get into life insurance, hit up Zaid. I know Zaid's hiring, and you guys are going to hit it off, right? You're going to hit it off, but just focus on that winning. Win everything, too. If you can just win, win the day. Starts with winning your morning. Did you, were you the first one up? Did you make your bed? Are you clean? Are you organized? Did you have a good, healthy breakfast? Did you say a prayer, get a sweat in? Did you write down your affirmations? Little minor details that people take for granted. Like Proverbs. Minor details people take for granted, but I just keep winning on the little daily habits, and years are going to go by, and it's going to be a massive difference, just that compound interest. So motivated to, by winning. What else? Is there anything else? To kind of add on that, um, I have like figured it out when you said that. Um, I was just sick of like the new people coming in yeah. and like outrighting me. I've yeah. been here for like nine months. I was like, hey, I gotta pick it up. Yeah. Like I can't let these people just like come in here. I've yeah. been here way longer and they're just gonna outright me. So it's kind of like I was just sick of that. Yeah. Well, there's two things that happens when, when there's massive change in an environment, such as when another individual will come into your environment stirred up. Two things happen. As a man and a woman, you get discouraged or you get disciplined. You know, discouragement is, is pretty much inevitable. You're going to experience that temporarily or permanently. And when you fuel that discouragement and you overfuel that over discipline, that leads to poverty. That leads to quitting. Yeah. That leads to chaos. But when you fuel the discipline, you have the exact opposite. You have short, you'll, you'll have short-term discomfort, like I shared in the group this morning, mm -hmm. but you'll have long-term freedom, yeah. riches, righteousness. With the discouragement, when you fuel that, you'll have short-term relief, but long-term chaos, poverty, brokenness, mm -hmm. regret, disappointment. Discouragement will always lead to disappointment. Discipline will always lead to greater things. So I love that you said that because a lot of people think you can just avoid discouragement. Discouragement's inevitable. You I get discouraged. Yeah, you got to face it. You got to grow from it. Got to. Got to. So... 
you cracked off, you had this big month, you've put over these details, you're in a position where after this month you should be promoted to a managing position, so general sales manager. Yep. What's the vision look like? Where, where, where are we going to be in the next, keep it short, where are you going to be in the next three months? Three months, MGA position, I should have a lot more promotions under me. Yeah. Uh, what's the team going to be doing weekly in three months? And how? I want the team doing at least 30K weeks. 30,000 a week. Yeah. So that's like base. How, how many people do you need selling and how much a week? I would say, I honestly want like 10 solid people. 10 solid people. Like managers. Making three set $3,000 of sales a week, mm-hmm. right? And so they're, they're going yeah, to be making 1500 to two grand a week each. And then you're going to be making four or five grand a week from leading the team putting you in a position to invest back in the team, but invest back into your business, start to blow up for the winter, transition into next year, yep. 2024, which you you already bought a Tesla. You bought a brand new Tesla. Mm-hmm. So what's the, what's the next, Pete, what's 2024 going to start to look like as you got the three month, kind of like the, the goal. What about the vision of 2024? Where do you see yourself? Like Are we getting on stage, or? cars, houses? Oh, I don't know we'll be on stage. Huh? I definitely want to be on stage, stage for what? Yeah. Uh, convention. Con- for what position? Either they top manager or top producer. Say <laughs> they don't do that. No, no. Uh, I either want to be a top producer like Brandon Bennett on yeah. stage, or just top MGA. Make sure you know how to get there. Yep. Top producer, real simple. You got to throw down a million dollars of production. Mm-hmm. And a million dollars of production, you got to keep it real simple. Three sales a day. Yep. Three hundred sixty-five days. Three sales a day. So three sales a day. If you know your clothes. Your closing average is one out of three. Well, yours got to be better now than one out of four. It's got to be like one out of three. No, yeah, which is anything. One out of, what are you, one out of three, I would imagine? Yeah. Yeah, so you need nine presentations a day. If you just got in front of nine people a day, asked what they wanted life insurance, 365 days, you'd be a top producer. MGA is a little different. Mm-hmm. Now, you're going to take the average. The average people are going to do one out of four sales. So they need four presentations. They're going to make one sale. So if you want to be a top MGA on, this, on stage, you're talking about two, three million dollars of production. Let's just shoot for three million. So if you're gonna do three million dollars of sales, we know you're gonna to need to do, let's just call it 300,000 a month to keep it keep it simple, yeah. right? Every $83,000 is a million dollars of uh, numbers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So let's do 300,000, divide that by 30. What is that? Is that 9,000 a day? 300,000 Yeah, 300,000 divided by 30. I believe so. I'm not the best at math. 10,000 a day. What is that? 300,000 divided by 30. I think it's 10,000 a day. I barely passed. 300,000 divided by what? 300,000 divided by 30 is 10,000 a day. Yeah, 10,000. I said yeah. So you got 10,000 a day. So for you to do 10,000 a day in your team, you have a team of 10. They all need to make one sale a day. You need 40 presentations a day for 365 days. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. So either you get nine presentations a day, or you get a team to do 40 presentations a day. Both will make you close to a million dollars, whether you do it yourself or you lead a team. Yeah. So not only will you make a million dollars of income, but you'll be on stage. You'll do something that's never been done before at a very young age. But the game's changing. So young age is going to be thrown out. Like, I was promoted to an owner at 21 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. So... Like this game's changed. It's kind of like when when you hear them talk about athletes and they'll try to compare Jordan and LeBron. I like Jordan, but you'll hear people say 
athletes are bigger, better, faster, and stronger. That's how you're coming, dog. You know what I mean? You're moving yep. faster, stronger, bigger, better. So the vision into 2024, we get on stage. What are we doing? Are you at Tesla Plaid? Either on a Plaid or, yeah, probably the Plaid for right now. Plaid for right now? Or an Aston Martin. We'll see where we're at. Oh, man. Shoot for the Aston Martin. Yeah. I definitely want an Aston Martin. <laughs> just at, just keep keep the Tessie as a daily and get the Aston Martin for next summer. No, the Aston Martin's going to be my daily. Aston Martin as a daily. Uh, and I'm getting a truck. And a truck. Yeah. Going to take a lot of ALP, bro. I know. Going to take a lot of ALP. A lot of focus. Going to take a lot of focus. So that's the whips. What about, what's, have you thought about making a, a non-negotiable list for a wife? Oh, we were talking about this the other day. Because you got to start, you, you, what, I, what I wish I would have done earlier is start to have higher standards for what you're looking like. Well, you can't have high standard as a man for your business and not have high standards as a man for your wife. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it can't just be physical. Everybody wants a hot wife. Yeah. I want a hot wife. Obviously. You know what I mean? She wants a hot husband. So what does that list look like? Have you thought about that? What are the principles and values you want your wife to exude? I would say number one. I think yours is to fear God, right? Yes. Jesus. She's, she's got to fear God. Yep. Um, fear me, number two. <laughs> <laughs> fear me. Let um, me pull mine up. Yeah, I want to, I want to hear yours. I know here's mine, God, so, here's mine. Here's mine so far. Loves Jesus, number two, honesty, number three, loyalty. And and I know as a man, if I have a non-negotiable list, when you go into business and there's a there's typically some type of contract, you usually expect what? If there's a contractual agreement and they're asking you to do something, what do you usually expect them to do as well? Whatever they're asking you to do. Mm -hmm. When you're following a leader, yeah. you take so it's like I understand with this list, it's reciprocity. Mm -hmm. If I'm First asking anything, yeah, it's like I, some some men might disagree with like this. The woman should do this. I do believe in a traditional household. You know what I mean? Of like, you know, woman being there and you know, take helping out with the family and cooking and everything. But I know how to help out and cook too. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like there's not. I probably cook better than most women. Honestly. I uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> honesty, loyalty, integrity, vision. Vision's now, a, a lot of people will tell me they'll say, Tristan, you're so Type A. You'll never be able to have a Type A woman. You'll never be able to have a, a multi-million dollar woman. You know what I mean? Like yourself. And I'm like, as long as she has the vision for a future in every aspect of her life, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, I don't care if she's a, a $1 heir or a billionaire. She could yeah. be wealthier than me. Mm -hmm. I'm not insecure in my fine. Like, my my identity isn't tied to my finances or my business. You know, does that, does yeah. that make sense? Mm -hmm. like my identity is just tied into Christ to the, to the best yeah. of my ability with me. You know, obviously being a human being, my identity will loosely tie into other things, but I check myself and realize I'm going to die in 80 years. You know, we went over the math, there's like 4,000 Sundays, you know, Sundays left. Yeah. So it's like 4,000 days left of, of our of our lives in each every every single day. So supports my work fully. And I'm willing to support her vision fully too, that she would have a vision, obviously, with number five. But supports my work fully, that's key. Simon always told me in the beginning, it's like, when you're finding a woman, your woman has to understand she can either build with a busy man or what? Broke man. A broke man. You can build with a busy man or you can build with a broke man. And you women out there, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, you got a vision. You men, you can build with a busy woman or a broke woman. You know what I mean? The world isn't completely, there's a lot of successful female leaders out there nowadays. Mm -hmm. 
way stronger than most men. Seven, this is weird, but I put knows how, this shouldn't be weird, but it's weird today for some reason, knows how to cook. You'd be surprised that there, you know what I mean? A lot of people just don't know how to cook in general. Yeah. Number eight's kind of, kind of messed up, but it says loves only my movies. I just like Marvel and action movies, so I don't want to watch no princess movies or shit like that. I'm not watching. You said we're going to Barbie. I'll do it for my sister and mom. I ain't watching the Titanic. We're going to Barbie. We're going to Barbie. I already did all that stuff. You know what I mean? Not doing it again. My high school relationship ruined it. <laughs> number <laughs> number nine works out. Number ten a homebody. I don't like going out. Yeah. So I need somebody I like that's. Too. I like somebody that's in you know, country. You know what I mean. I want to. For me, if I, if, if I could like physically, I might be a country girl. You know what I mean. So it's gonna be hard to find in Chicago, but country old block girl. Country old. Number eleven, I put reads. I think that just kind of corresponds with the vision, self development. But this yeah. is my this is my non negotiable list so far for, you know what what I'm what I'm gonna be looking for Those for are a wife. Pretty fire. You know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know what mine would be. Definitely like fierce God, loyal, honesty. I agree with all those. Would you fall? Would you, with the woman that you see yourself with, knowing that she has a non-negotiable list, how well do you think you would score? Off principles and values. Let's just let's just exclude physical, physical things. Oh, pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about that. If roles were reversed, because they will be, a really high-valued woman. Is gonna like the woman you really want to be with is gonna perceive herself, not not narcissistically, but she's gonna know her worth. Yeah. So in knowing her worth, she gonna have a list too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She for gonna sure. have a list too, right? And so thankfully, the list. on her list for you and I, it'll be like five nine and above. So we'll make it <laughs> five nine and above. They made that. Uh, you see, these guys are getting like shin lengthenings or something, where you can get like six foot now. It's a surgery. Actually, yeah, yeah. Everybody can be Justin's height now. I saw some dude walking the other day with like this like heel thing in his shoe to make him taller. Yeah, Justin does. And his like heel was like right here. It looked so bad. That's what Justin Masker does. Yeah, Justin got shin surgery. He's got those things. So we got the house. We got the the what? We're you twenty twenty four. You still sticking around Chicago with us? Chicago. Maybe. Hopefully. I'm honestly just gonna go with the flow. Yeah. I'm gonna just keep doing what I'm doing. I'm trying to keep everybody united and have a parking lot full of 100 Lamborghinis. Yeah. That way we can recruit the world. I think we we need a sick office down here. Yeah. I'll stay here if we have like a. Yeah. Very easy We're gonna get a sick office. We're gonna do something stupid and blow it out the park. Um, let's see here. Uh, future vision pass. What made your month special? We got dinner tonight. Yeah. That'll be fun. Hopefully, hopefully we feel a little better. My head's still. Up. Freaking hurts. I'm supposed to do a podcast right with Rob, but looks like he's asleep still. So, man, I can't think of anything else. Stay focused. Make sure don't make this podcast and then make it your last thing. Oh, you know right. what I mean? It's just the beginning. This is just the beginning. You gotta go up. You gotta go up. So let people that listen to this just know they're coming for you. Every time I knew I got more highlight, more spotlight from Simon, it was cool. But it was more pressure because I knew you got a target on your back. Right? You got a target on every available space of your existence: your back, your front, your side. You know, I, I we could wrap up with people want you to be successful until you're successful. Yep. They want you to win. Then they're hate. 
until you win it. Now you win it, my dog. They wanted you to win. They didn't really want you to win. Now you're winning. Now they coming for you. Now it's even more important. Like John Rent, my boy, posted this morning. He said, it takes 20 years to build something special. It takes five minutes to ruin it all. Yep. Make sure you're doing the right things inside and outside of this business. Three things take people out. Lack of humility is number one, Simon said. Two would be a bad relationship. Three would be regular activity. Yep. Bunch of drugs and drinking. Don't do it. Stay wise, my dog. This was Zayd Awawi. You can find him on social media, Zayd.Awawi. Yep. And that's A-L-W-A-W-I. Yep, you got it. Let's go. I'm a G. And I think I think that's his main spot is Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a career opportunity, he's based out of Chicago. You can work virtually. You can DM him. I know he's not just going to hire you on the spot. There needs to be some credentials. You don't need a degree, but you're going to need to kind of prove why you'd be a good fit to join his team. All right. Anything else? Look how far you've come. Imagine how far you could go. Look how far you've come. Imagine how far you can go. This was Zade. I'm proud of you. Love you. Excited to rock our dinner tonight. Peace out.